Legacy Maker, the All Sports one, Network. One, 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 one. Welcome to the one on one, one on one. When it comes to ratings, man, we number one. We number one. I get the truth, truth. Then I give them the scoop. If anybody got a question, I give them the proof. Welcome to the one on one, one on one. When it comes to ratings, man, we number one. We number one. I get the truth, truth. Then I give them the scoop. If anybody got a question, I give them the proof. Welcome to one on one at Legacy Maker Sports Network. And welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Very glad to have everybody here for a new round, a new vision here on one-on-one as we do our second uh, year of doing the NFL rankings. So, you know, it's going to be a little bit reimagined than what you saw last year. So we're very excited to be able to bring you a new round of the one-on-one power rankings, the NFL power rankings for 2022. So first of all, Welcome back, y'all. Football happens tonight. We got Bills versus Rams from L.A., the defending champions, uh, starting this thing off to defend their title. We're going to get deep into that a little bit later in the show, but we're not going to hold you. We're not going to make you, you know, wait around because you know what? We got to get into these power rankings. We got to get into it so you can know from the beginning, you know, where we stand here on the power rankings. And You know, last year we did a very detailed show at the beginning. We wanted you to get a standard of where we stood. Uh, And, you know, this time around, it probably won't be as long, but we're still going to give you a breakdown of where we look like as we head into week one. So the only way that we can start this, ladies and gentlemen, is we got to start from the bottom. All right. So here we are. Here are the bottom uh, 12 teams heading into the 2022 uh, NFL season here in week one. So we start off with number 32 and we got the Houston Texans. The Houston Texans have had a, a disaster of an offseason and it's unfortunate. So many things went wrong. <laughs> so many things went wrong uh, from the Deshaun Watson trade finally happening to all the scandal and all this stuff just, you know, piling up on the team, some wrongdoings found by the team or found by the NFL that the team had did in, in aiding Deshaun Watson. So it's a, it's a lot of craziness for the Texans. So uh, I think it's only right that we start them off at number 32 on this uh, power ranking. You know, the Texans last year, uh, you know, had a couple games where they shocked some people. We got a chance to see uh, Davis Mills kind of go out there and, and, you know, try to learn to be an NFL quarterback. Did decent at home, miserably on the road. So, you know, we're going to start that off right by putting the Texans at the very bottom of this list. And they are at number 32. I, I don't know how good this team is going to be this year. I think they may be a little bit better than a lot of people expect, including myself. Uh, they got a um, a very good young rookie. And, and Damian Pierce that they got from Florida in the, in the fourth round, who's going to be the starting running back. So we can see some good things from the Texans, and we'll get a chance to see if Davis Mills is going to be the quarterback of the future for this team. You know, this is his year to try to do that, because if not in the Texans struggle, there's a strong chance that the Texans will be picking in the top five next year and in a very heavy and loaded quarterback draft. Uh, they'll be looking uh, in that direction. At number 31, we got the Chicago Bears. The Chicago Bears, to me, might be the worst team in the NFL. And then a lot of people will say, oh, Darrell, you're just saying it because you're a Packers fan. No, I'm saying that because it just doesn't seem like they have enough pieces all the way around. The only reason why I have the Bears ahead of the Texans is for one reason, and that's Justin Fields and the talent that Justin Fields uh, can bring to this team. And I think, you know, his talent alone will probably help them eke out maybe a few more wins than the Texans this year. But I feel really bad for Justin Fields because I like the kid and I like his style. I just wish he didn't go to Chicago. 
of all places. I just wish that he didn't go to Chicago because I feel like they haven't been able to figure out the quarterback thing for a while. And, you know, I heard a wild stat, and if I'm wrong, you know, y'all can beat me up later, but I, I believe I heard a stat where they said that the Bears have never had a 3,000-yard passer, which is insane to me that they've never had a 3,000-yard passer. It just is mind-blowing. So can Justin Fields be the guy that changed that this year? By all means. I could definitely see him being a guy that can come in and do those things and, and be that difference maker. But I, I just don't know if it's going to be enough, and that's why we got the Bears at 31. At 30, a team that I won't say equally bad, but they're not going to be good, <laughs> and and that's the Seattle Seahawks. The Seahawks come into this season trading the best quarterback they've had in their franchise history, Russell Wilson, and sending him to Denver. And now they, at their quarterback position, have a guy named uh, Mr. Geno Smith, who was drafted a couple of years back, uh, I think about 2013, 2012. And he's never really panned out in the league, but he's getting a second opportunity here. Now, some people say, well, maybe he's just getting his opportunity, waiting to see it. Seattle, once again, another team that, you know, could be looking for a quarterback in that loaded draft class coming out in 2023. So I look at that perspective and, you know, we don't know what this Seattle team is actually uh, going to put together. Uh, they do have really good receivers uh, in DJ Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. But I don't know if that's going to be enough when you don't know who's going to throw you the ball. That's where the problem starts to kick in and you're trying to figure out what the next move is going to be. That That's going to be a huge problem, huge, huge problem, uh, you know, for them as they go down the road. But Seattle, at 30 for a reason. Uh, we'll see how that thing goes there. Do not be surprised, ladies and gentlemen, if you see Tyler Lockett get traded before week eight. That is my my prediction. I wouldn't call it a bold prediction, but it's definitely a, a prediction that I have. Next, we got at 29, the New York Giants. Now, the New York Giants are a team that um, when you look at them, the, the Giants are also on, on the verge of remodeling, I guess you could say. Uh, you know, they still have Saquon Barkley. They still have Daniel Jones. You know, two high draft picks that they that they brought out early, you know, hoping for the best. And, you know, it's just one of those things where you kind of hope they can figure it out. Um, but if they don't, then the Giants will also be turning over a new leaf uh, next year. And then we'll see them with uh, maybe a new quarterback, maybe even Saquon Barkley's not there. There's a lot that could go into you know, next year that we just, we just, we just don't know with the giants. So for that reason and the skepticism, I'm going to put them at 29, 28, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now Jacksonville, on the other hand, is a team that I'm actually kind of excited about this year because they've got a lot of young talent. They got Trevor Lawrence. They got Travis Etienne guys that can, you know, can, you know, do some really good stuff. They got James Robinson who people sleep on. Uh, and I love, I love James Robinson, and, and, and he's had some really good years in Jacksonville, got hurt towards the end of last season. Poor uh, Urban Meyer didn't know what to do with him, just, just didn't know what to do with this man. And that 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 was the part that kind of bothered me. But Doug Peterson seems to have gotten his team on a good, good foot so far. So I, I, I'm ex excited uh, to see if they can make the progress that a lot of people hope uh, that they can do. So we'll see if – they can pull that off. So we got Jacksonville at 28. 27, we got the Carolina Panthers. And the Panthers are a team that where it's kind of just like, all right, what's really the next move here for this team? Because, you know, you bring in Baker Mayfield at quarterback and you think to yourself, oh, is he really the answer? Donald had a strong beginning of last year. You know, he did some pretty good things. But to me, it just wasn't, it just wasn't good, you know. Um, you know, they end up losing after Donald got hurt last year in that Dallas game. They just they lost like 11 or 12, some crazy number. And, and surprisingly, Matt Rule still had his job. So this is a chance for Matt Rule and this Panthers team to figure it out. So let's see what they'll do. And, you know, maybe they can bump up the charts. I actually have them, you know, surprisingly getting a win in week one. But we'll talk about that a little bit later. Next at 26, we got the Detroit Lions. This is the league's darling. 
is the Detroit Lions. You know, last year I talked on and on and on about this Detroit Lions team. And we felt so bad for them because at one point they were like 0-11, 0-12. And we were just begging for our man Dan Campbell to get a win because he just seems like the greatest player coach in the game, man. And everybody just wanted to see Dan Campbell get that opportunity. And he finally got a win, even beat my Packers at the end of the season. I wasn't thrilled about that, but, you know, it is what it is. But I'm just glad that they were able to to grow. seems like they've gotten better uh, overall as a team. So I, I like what I've seen from them. Uh, and I just – I feel like Dan's going to have those guys ready to play. And I can't believe I'm saying this out loud, but if the Packers don't win the division this year, I, I pray – you know, just for Lions fans, fake that the Lions are the team that win the division this year. Next, we move to 25 in the New York Jets. Another team uh, that I think is going to do a lot better than they did last year. I'm I'm talking anywhere between, you know, six or seven, maybe even eight wins if they if they really get things together. Now, Zach Wilson is hurt to start this season. So that's something that you don't you know, you hate to see, you know, Zach Wilson be hurt. He'll be out probably for the first four games of the season. But the one good thing that just did is they brought in Joe Flacco, who is an amazing uh, quarterback. I mean, the guy's won a Super Bowl. He's a crafty veteran. And it gives you some type of leadership on that team, you know, to to, uh, you know, to to try to get you over the hump until Zach Wilson gets back. So I just like this Jets team. Um, They've got some pieces that I can't wait to see if they're they improve during the year. Uh, The Michael Carters, um, you know, you you bring in. uh, you draft a, a, a strong running back in Bryce Hall, who was one of the best runners in the nation last year in college football. And then Elijah Moore, which is another segment down the road we'll talk. But Elijah Moore had a really good stretch last year. And I, I'm, I'm just intrigued to see what that Jets team could do. We got them at 25. 24, the Washington Commanders. That's right. We are under the first season of the Washington Commanders. And we got them coming in at 24. The Washington Commanders could easily be higher on the list. The problem with the Washington Commanders is we still don't know what the quarterback situation is going to turn out to be. They've had struggles over the years trying to find that right guy. Uh, Wentz, obviously, they went and, you know, traded to get Wentz and bring him in. And he's still, you can tell, he's still trying to get adjusted there in uh, D.C., but if he can go out there and have somewhat of the same year he had last year, it's an immediate upgrade, immediate upgrade for the Washington Commanders. Just interesting to see how things go for him. Um, the, the helmets are beautiful. I have to say that the helmets are absolutely beautiful. For those who know, you know, I do photography at these games uh, for the Washington Commanders and just looking at how crisp the helmet looks. You know, they haven't won the red jerseys yet. They haven't won the black jerseys yet. They've won the white jerseys all preseason. And I'm pretty sure they're going to wear um, them on Sunday. But I'm still trying to trying to fall in love um, or at least like the jerseys. Uh, I know that the white jerseys with the red bottoms, absolutely stunning. Next, we've got uh, 23, the Atlanta Falcons. Now, this team right here, and I, I feel like I've said this about a couple teams in this in this bottom but Atlanta's a team I think that is going to be extremely competitive this year and watch out for Marcus Mariota. I think he could have a really good year for this Atlanta Falcons team. So just don't sleep on them. They won seven games last year when people thought that, and including myself, that they would only win three, maybe four games. So watch out for the Atlanta Falcons. Next, we got the Pittsburgh Steelers coming in at 22. This is, this one was kind of hard to judge because you know, Pittsburgh has got a really good defense. You know, T.J. Watt, you know, uh, uh, Joe Hayden, you know, guys like that. Mika Fitzpatrick, just solid pieces on that uh, Steelers uh, on that defensive side. But And then, you know, you brought in Najee Harris at running back last year. He had a pretty decent year. But the question is the quarterback situation. Mitch Trubisky goes in as a starter. But, you know, people are clamoring a little bit for Kenny Pickett because he had a decent preseason. And and then Mason Rudolph is just there. So I got him kind of low on this list because the quarterback situation is a little bit murky. But we have the Steelers at 22. All right. Last team in the bottom. And this one is kind of maybe a surprise to some people. But I've got the Cleveland Browns down there. But it's mostly because Deshaun Watson is not there. 
if Deshaun Watson wasn't, you know, out for the suspension, I'd probably have them in the top 15 strong, maybe like 11, maybe 12, because they got two of the best uh, running backs in football with Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. Uh, they they complement each other so well. And just watching those two kind of work, you know, the field, you know, they're just, they're just amazing in the running spot. You bring in Amari Cooper to be your number one receiver. You obviously lose Jarvis Landry, but you bring in Amari Cooper. That immediately gives you some stability at that uh, receiver position. Uh, the defense is going to be the defense. Denzel Ward, Miles Garrett, greatness on that defensive side of the ball. But as you, as we all know, the question mark is at 20, or excuse me, is at quarterback. And that is with Deshaun Watson being out. You got Jacoby Brissett uh, leading the way there. So for now, I, I tried to respect him as much as I could, and I and I, I, I put him at 21. But, you know, we'll see how things go through the season. Hopefully the Browns can, you know, for the Browns fans' sakes, they can, you know, maybe float around that five, the six-win area about time Deshaun Watson get back and maybe make a push for the playoffs. All right, everybody, that was the bottom. Uh, you know, the bottom part of this list has, is, is extremely interesting because I still feel like there are a couple of teams on that bottom list that could make their way up, you know, to the outside looking in and so on and so on as the year goes along that may shock you. Falcons, Lions, Jets, um, you know, and Jaguars are the four teams that could surprise some people. Uh, still kind of figuring out where the commanders are, but hey, we will see as the season goes along. Well, speaking of the outside looking in, it's time to go there to the outside looking in. All right, outside looking in, number 20, the Tennessee Titans. The Titans last year, and a lot of people are going to think this is disrespectful that I had the Titans so low on this list, but it was really difficult for me to really from this point on up until this 10 to 11 range was really rough for me. Uh, the Titans as a team, you know, their biggest concern for me is the receiver core. Um, yes, you bring in Robert Woods to replace A.J. Brown, and I don't think that's the same, but they bring in Robert Woods to replace A.J. Brown. Julio Jones is gone now. They drive Traylon Burks. Um, you know, a lot of potential with Traylon Burks. But we really just don't know. And, you know, Ryan Tannehill had a really bad playoff game last year. Uh, and, you know, with Tennessee being the number one seed and the expectations, you know, he's kind of on the hot seat. You know, you got Malik Willis kind of sitting there waiting in the wings to see if Tannehill messes up and does he slide in and take over the reins there in Tennessee. So for me, looking at Tennessee, it was hard because, I, like I said, I struggled with this. But I got Tennessee at 20 for now. That obviously can move up because you got Derrick Henry, who's my – uh, second favorite non uh, Green Bay Packer uh, you know, player in the league, you know, between him and Josh Allen. I love both of them. Those guys are studs. And, you know, for me, you know, Tennessee is going to go as far as Derrick Henry will lead them. Next at 19, we got the Minnesota Vikings. The Vikings are another team that if you look on paper offensively, they are extremely talented. Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, uh, you know, the, uh, Dalvin Cook and obviously Kirk Cousins, when he's on, he's on. They can be special. The problem is, you know, the defense is a little shaky. They got a new head coach. So I'm not exactly sure how this, you know, experiment will go, um, you know, for Minnesota this, this time around. But, you know, in a division where the Packers are a little bit weaker than they were the year before, uh, the Bears are in a bad spot. The Lions are still trying to grow. Minnesota has a chance to win the NFC North. Will they? Well, that's something else to see. Next at 18, we got the Miami Dolphins. Now, Miami, you know, in some people's eyes, probably could be higher on this list, you know, maybe a little bit closer to the top 10. My thing with Miami is we're still trying to figure out what Tua can be for this team. Uh, we also know that, you know, they bring in Tariq Hill. So you got Tariq Hill and you got Waddle, uh, a really good one-two punch along with bringing in Chase Edmonds, the offenses should be way better this year. Uh, and I think the Dolphins are going to make the noise. I feel at one point they will they will be in the top 10 at some point during the season in, these, in this power ranking. 
But for now, I just I'm 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 trying to be optimistic to see where Tua and this team could do. Now, obviously, last year they went on that seven game winning streak and almost made the playoffs, but it just wasn't enough. So I put them at 18 for now, but with room to improve. At 17, we got the New England Patriots. Well, what can I say? You got Bill Belichick. You got a uh, a guy in Mac Jones who has kind of come around and done some uh, good things last year. Made the Pro Bowl. Uh, got New England to the playoffs for the first time without Tom Brady being uh, in the mist. So, you know, I like this team. You know, they they're another team that went on a seven game winning streak or, or six to seven game winning streak last year where nobody saw coming. And they that streak got them into the playoffs. So, you know, guys like Damian Harris, who I, I really like and I, I was hoping that he was going to have a really big year this year. But I'm hearing a lot of Stevenson is going to get a little bit more carries this time around. So you got a guy like Hunter Henry, who had a pretty good year last year. Um, you know, you know, Jacoby Myers, you know, here and there, decent Nelson Aguilar, a little touchy. But looking at this New England team, I see. Uh, a team that, you know, could do really well and I wouldn't be surprised or they could do really bad and I wouldn't be surprised. So for now, we'll put them at 17. At 16, we got the San Francisco 49ers. And I know 49er fans are going to beat me up. They're going to be like, oh, man, you just saying that because they beat your boys in the playoffs. You, you know, you're saying this, you're saying that. Here's the reason why I have San Francisco at 16. And I know my friends you know, Brian Snow, Antoine Jackson, you know, my man Cody Harris, all of, all the 49er fans are going to get me. But just remember, 49er fans, every time I pick against y'all, y'all do well. So, we'll let you know, for y'all, that mojo may continue. But I got San Francisco at 16 only because of Trey Lance. Uh, we, we don't know what we're going to get from Trey Lance yet. And so for me, until we find out what Trey Lance will bring to the table or what he can do in real action, you know, full time for the season, I, it's hard for me to give him. Now, if Jimmy G was there, I probably would have, or Jimmy G, well, he's there, excuse me. If Jimmy G was starting, I probably would put them in the top 10 or right at 11 or 12, only because Jimmy G knows, um, you know, despite him, maybe, you know, his game management skills are, are top notch. We'll say that. So for that, I would have given them a little bit higher. But until I see what Trey can do, which I think he's going to have a good year, I'm going to stay reserved and I'll keep San Francisco at 16. But that defense is top-notch led by Fred Warner, so don't be surprised if the 49ers are in the top 10, if not higher, as the season goes along. All right, y'all, halfway mark. Number 15, the New Orleans Saints. Now, New Orleans is another one of those teams where it's like, Ah, they could be really, really good. Or if they did bad, you wouldn't be surprised. No Sean Payton this year. Dennis Allen takes over as the head coach. You also see a Jameis Winston who had before he got hurt last year that they believe they were five and two. And, you know, New Orleans still was able to kind of like, you know, sneak their way into the playoff race last year. Just wasn't enough um, towards the end of the season. But when Michael Thomas coming back, you bring in Chris Olave, you bring in Jarvis Landry, you bring in the Honey Badger on defense. New Orleans is is primed to be good once again. And I hear a lot of people out there saying that they're going to win the NFC South. Now I'm not going to put anything past Thomas Brady yet, but I just you, you know a lot of people are really high on the New Orleans Saints, and with good reason. But we'll keep them at 15 for now to see how things go. At 14, we got the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, uh, this Philly team, a lot of people are saying Philly's going to win the NFC East. I'm not on that bandwagon just yet, but they will be significantly better than they were last year. They made a lot of great moves in the offseason, the biggest one being A.J. Brown coming on board to be the number one receiver for the Eagles because they had problems at receiver last year, even despite a good year from uh, Devontae Smith. Now you have Devontae Smith with A.J. Brown, two young good receivers to go along with Jalen Hurts the sky is the limit for the Eagles they've gotten better this offseason and they're they're a team I fully expect to be in the top 10 at some point during during this NFL season next we go to 13 in the Baltimore Ravens now the Ravens I had to fluctuate a couple times there was times I didn't want to put them in the countdown at all and there was times I'm like nah man you, you got to give Lamar Jackson his respect 
So I bounced back and forth with this for a while, but I'm going to put them at 13. You know, last year, Baltimore was the number one seed entering, I believe, week 14, week. They were nine and three, I believe. Um, and they were in a really good spot. And then the wheels fell off. Uh, obviously, you know, not having Lamar Jackson hurt. They ended up losing the last five or six games and they were out of the playoffs. But uh, as long as they can get the contract situation with our man Lamar Jackson straight, which, you know, we will know officially by Friday um, what the deal is. We'll, we'll see how Baltimore goes, but we'll put them at 13 for now. Next, we go to 12 in the Baltimore or the Baltimore Colts. Don't beat me up. Um, <laughs> Colts fan. Indianapolis Colts, formerly the Baltimore Colts. Indianapolis has Matt Ryan now. Pretty much the same team from last year. Minus Carson Wentz and Matt Ryan. Now, on paper, that should automatically put the coach in a really good spot from the former MVP. Uh, and, you know, Carson Wentz didn't have a bad year last year, but now you bring in Matt Ryan to lead the way, at, you know, for this coach team with Jonathan Taylor uh, running the rock with Michael Pittman starting to grow as a receiver and take that next step. You know, in a, in a very soft AFC South I be, wouldn't be surprised if the Colts run away with this division at all. But we're going to put them at 12 now to give Matt Ryan and that good offensive line some respect. All right, last one on the outside looking in would be the Arizona Cardinals. Now, I wanted to put them in the top 10, but I'm just not 100. You know, I, I wanted to give them more respect. But this Arizona team has had a lot of weird offseason problems, mostly trying to get the contract situation with Kyler Murray straight, which they eventually did. They were able to get everything together. But the problem is, you know, no, no, no DeAndre Hopkins until week seven ish. He's that he's got a six game suspension. So you, you really, you know, don't know what this team, if they can get it all together, keep their, you know, their heads on straight. They brought in uh, Marquise Brown, AK Hollywood Brown uh, via trade to partner him back up with Kyler Murray. You know, they had a good relationship when they were in Oklahoma. So, I mean, like I said, I, I was it was kind of in between for me, but I know on paper they're really talented. Zach Ertz had a really good year for them after the trade from Philadelphia last year. I expect him to have another great year this year, uh, maybe more reju rejuvenated than before, maybe even a Pro Bowl in sight. So we'll see what Arizona can do there. But there you are. There's your outside looking in as we are finally approaching the top 10. Now, I, I say all of that to be said, y'all, you know, that that outside looking in was probably the toughest I had to do out of all of this because there's so many in-between good teams in that mix. I just didn't know where to go. I had to really start breaking it down on just, hey, who, where I think these guys, you know, could land up or – the talent base or so I looked at quarterback play and that, that was a big thing for me. Um, and when I was doing that outside looking in, but hopefully the top 10 is not as tough. And with that being said, let's head to the top 10. All right. Your top 10 in the NFL power rankings goes as followed. At number 10, we got the Denver Broncos. Now, you know, I, I might get beat up for that, putting Denver at number 10, but when you got Russell Wilson as your quarterback, a, a MVP candidate every year, immediately makes your team better, no matter who you got on the team. Immediate makes makes your team better. He's a, a strong leader. Uh, he's got a, just a, a brilliant mind at the QB position. And so for me, I, I, it was no-brainer. Uh, I got him and the Denver Broncos at 10. All right, at number nine, the Green Bay Packers. And and some people will say, well, you got them too far down on the list. I'm, I'm, I'm maybe a little bit more of a harsh Green Bay Packers fan, but my biggest thing is, yes, you still got Aaron Rodgers, and he's a bad man, bad man. But until we can see what this Green Bay Packer receiving core can do, that is my only concern about this Green Bay Packers team. That defense looks to be phenomenal. I mean, Jair Alexander is back, ready to roll. Eric Stokes is in his second year. You got Amos and Savage back there anchoring um, the safety position. You bring uh, Devondre Campbell, who was an all-pro last year. Uh, you know, he was just amazing 
coming in and no one saw that guy coming in from Arizona becoming an all pro and he got paid like it in the all season because he deserved it. And then you got Kenny Clark. You got the two rookies and, um, you know, uh, Devontae Wyatt and Quay Walker from Georgia. You know, so it's the defense looks beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. You got the two headed monster running back at Aaron Jones and uh, A.J. Dillon. No problems there. Tunyon's going to be back, hopefully healthy and stronger than ever. We'll see. You got A-Rod, so that's enough. The receiving core is where all this will lie and see if Green Bay moves up the charts. At number eight, we've got the Las Vegas Raiders. I have huge expectations for this Las Vegas Raiders team this year. You know, Derek Carr is back with his college teammate, Devontae Adams, and you know how much that breaks my heart. (laughs) You know how much that breaks my heart, but – it's good to see, uh, you know, uh, Derek Carr get a true number one receiver. And this is not a knock or or to be taken as a knock for uh, Hunter Renfro because he was amazing last year with 103 uh, catches. But you bring in a Devontae Adams, the best receiver in the NFL. You bring him in to be the guy there in Vegas uh, along with Carr. And, and Carr proved what type of leader he was last year dealing with all the problems that the uh, that the Raiders dealt with last year with Gruden and Ruggs and so on and so on. So I, I'm going to give the Raiders some love and put them at number eight. Number seven, how about them Cowboys? We've got the Dallas Cowboys in at seven. Uh, you know, Dallas is a team that will come into this season always, you know, with super expectations, still coming off of that, that first year of Dak Prescott's brand-new contract. Uh, they are minus Amari Cooper now, so weighing heavily on C.D. Lamb and Michael Gallup Incorporated. They brought in James Washington. Uh, Zeke looks healthier than he's looked in a couple years. Tony Pollock has been great for them. Their defense is a lot better than it was two years ago. A big step up from them last year. You know, uh, my thing with Dallas is can they finally do it in the big moment? That's been the problem with Dallas for the long time, longest time. They can't do it in the big moment. Can they figure it out in the big moment? We'll see. At number six, I got the Los Angeles Chargers. The Chargers are stacked on the defensive side of the ball. Derwin James, Joey Bosa, just to name, you know, just to name a few uh, of of the greatness. Khalil Mack, the, just great, great. J.C. Jackson. I don't want to forget him. Just a great offseason for the Chargers, and they look stacked, ready to roll. Herbert is going into his third season. He is – people have a lot of expectation for Herbert this year. I think he's going to have another great year, but he's got to get over that hump and get this team into the playoffs, and it's going to be a hard in that AFC West. That AFC West is tough. Not regular. It's tough. So we'll see if the Chargers uh, can can continue to get better and make moves and and make things happen. We got them at number six. Number five, the Kansas City Chiefs. Kansas City lost Tariq Hill, but they're still the Kansas City Chiefs. You led by Patrick Mahomes. Uh, The defense is a little lighter than it's been in the years past. Obviously, losing the Honey Badger does not help, but their offense is going to be potent. And whenever you got Patrick Mahomes, well, enough said. So watch out for the Chiefs. Got them at number five. Number four, we've got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers led by Tom Brady. You know, I've heard some things where people are like, oh, well, you know, the Buccaneers are going to fail this year, going to struggle. Tom's having outside issues. You know, he's having wife problems. It's all types of crazy stuff. Tom Brady is Tom Brady. And Tom Brady doesn't let anything get in the way of the game. Watch out for this Buccaneers team. I got full expectations that they can make it back to the Super Bowl this year. Uh, you know, a lot of people are not going to want to hear that, but watch out for Tampa Bay. We got them at four. Uh, they did lose Gronk. I don't think that's going to make that much of a difference. Once they get healthy, they're going to be dangerous. At number three, we got the Buffalo Bills. Now, I, I'm probably going to get crucified for this, but I have Buffalo at three, and a lot of people probably think they should be one or maybe two, but I got them at three because I want to pay respects to the two Super Bowl teams, if I had to be honest with you. That's why you see where they are now. Bengals at two. Rams at one, but Buffalo is going to be dangerous this year. They're the best, in my opinion, the best overall, like all around the team in the NFL. 
from top to bottom, they got a little bit of everything. Uh, receiving cores is, is solid led by Diggs. You got Allen, you got, um, you know, Dawson Knox and, and, you know, just signed a contract extension yesterday. I mean, they're just stacked. Uh, you know, their defense is really good. Uh, once they can get white back, they're going to be, you know, at the cornerback position, they're going to be even more dangerous. I, I just, I, I would have put them at number one, but like I said, out of respect to the champs, out of respect to the AFC champs and, and, and the Super Bowl champions, I got them at number three. At number two, the Cincinnati Bengals. I'm hearing a lot of people say that the Ravens are going to win that division and that Cincinnati is not, you know, nowhere in that race. That's crazy talk because, I mean, look, or not to say they're nowhere in the race, but this Bengals team is still loaded on offense. You know, with Chase, uh, Higgins, Boyd, you bring in Mixon, you know, you got Joe Burrow, who's as tough as they come. One of the best leaders uh, in the game, even at his age, just great. The defense is obviously going to be something that they want to continue to get better. Uh, Eli Apple took a a big he he he, he took a lot of crap in the offseason, especially with the performance in the Super Bowl. So I think this Bengals team is going to come out strong. Their offensive line is way better, way better than it was last year. And you know, uh they they went and grabbed some pieces on the outside. Alex Carras is from um from Tampa Bay comes in to help anchor that line that Cincinnati is going to be good. And, and I, you know, my man, Joe Diller jr. Says he's got Joe Burrow winning the MVP. Would not surprise me one bit. And last but not least, number one on the power rankings, the defending Super Bowl champion, LA Rams, the LA Rams, you know, coming back with pretty much everything they had last year, still have pretty much most of the pieces, you know, no Odell Beckham, but, I do see him coming back as, you know, once he gets healed from the injury, uh, you know, Allen Robinson comes in pretty much replaces Robert Woods. You got Cooper Cup, who's an absolute stud. Some people thought he should have been the MVP last year, had one of the greatest seasons ever at the receiver position. Uh, Matt Stafford gets the monkey off his back, wins the Super Bowl, leaves Detroit, comes to L.A., does his thing. And then on that defensive side of the ball, you got two of the best players in all of football with Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey. So looking at those two situations right there, or those two those two on that side of the ball, the Rams deserve the number one spot. And out of respect to the champs on both sides, they take the one and two spots on our power rankings. All right, so there it is. There is our power rankings heading into this NFL season, week one. Excited, y'all. I'm so excited for football to be back. It's going to be great, you know, sitting back on days, chilling and watching, you know, the, the NFL red zone, seven hours of uninterrupted football, all that good stuff. All that great stuff is happening. Now, um, I will be this year, uh, some games I will be at FedEx uh, for the Commanders game. So I will be out there doing photography uh, and, and covering some stuff there. So that's going to be a good deal this year. So I won't get as much um, seven hours of uninterrupted football, at least nine weeks of it, at least nine. So that should be fun. But with all that being said, it is time, ladies and gentlemen, for a new segment, the finale. All right. So we're going to finish this thing up right. Uh, I got a couple of things. I'm going to a couple of new segments, I guess you can say. Last year, we did our top five uh, MVP candidates each week going into there. But I got a couple of new ones, at least to start the season. So first one that we're going to do. And like I said, this won't be an every week thing, but the first one I'm going to do is the top five players or the, yeah, the top five players that are going to have a big year this year. Some of these may surprise you, but here's the first, here's their first graphic. So at number five, I got, um, I got Hearst, you know, um, Hayden Hearst had a really good year, uh, last, well, not last year, but the year before last when he was with Atlanta he was really starting to come along and, you know, I really expected big things from, him. you know, he started off in um, Baltimore trying to get some things together, trying to get everything on the right foot. And it just, it just didn't kind of go for him. Then they trade him to Atlanta. he catches 56 balls. Looks great. Then the Falcons draft Kyle Pitts. And now Kyle Pitts is a once in a generation type of athlete. 
So, you know, you, you, you know, you, it's hard to pass up on a guy like that. So Hurst kind of finds his way on the end. He only catches like 20 balls last year. Now he comes to Cincinnati where, uh, you know, Joe Burrow loves his tight end and he lost CJ Uzma and his, he went to the jets and I know I destroyed his last name. So I do apologize, but CJ formerly of the Bengals is now a New York jet. And I think with all the pieces, all of the pressure that you're going to see, you know, people looking at chase, looking at Boyd, looking at Higgins, Hurst has a chance to really have a good year, maybe another 50 plus year, maybe even the 60, maybe even the 70. But I, I think Joe Burrow is going to use Hurst a lot this year. So I just got to this heat. And this one is just my, my itchy feeling that Hurst has a big year. Maybe I don't want to give him pro bowl. Well, why not? He may make the pro bowl this year. So Hayden Hurst, man, in my book, Good luck to you, brother. I got him at number five. Number four, Elijah Moore. Now, Moore did not play the last couple of games of last year, uh, but, you know, at the beginning, he was kind of a little rocky trying to get his footing. But from week seven till about week 12, Moore was having a phenomenal season. Like, you could tell that, man, this kid's got talent. He's going to do good things. I think healthy, ready to roll. Like I said, this Jets team is going to be a little bit different this year. So I'm excited to see what more can do. I got more at number four. I think he is one of the players that's going to have a huge season this year. At number three, Deron Payne. Deron Payne has had a solid NFL career so far. The reason why I've got him at number three, this is a contract year, and a lot of people are saying it's either going to be him or Sweat. Him or sweat. So Washington has a big decision to make here soon on, you know, uh, when about the next offseason, who they're going to keep in the unfold. Uh, I like Payne to have a huge year. So even if he's not with Washington next year, expect Deron Payne to get paid. He is going to uh, require big money in the offseason. And if he's not a commander or wherever he ends up going, Deron Payne is going to make noise for the next couple of years. But I expect him to have a huge year, year this year. Watch out for Deron Payne. Number two, Marcus Mariota. Now, Marcus Mariota, and this one's kind of a, I just like Marcus Mariota. You know, I think Mariota, you know, had a good run in Tennessee, had a couple of winning seasons, had some rough spots here and there. He, you know, he ends up out of Tennessee, goes to uh, Vegas, ends up being a Raider, doesn't get the playing time, obviously, with Derek Carr being there. So he had to sit a couple of years, get healthy. You know, he he was nicked up with injuries. He got healthy. He came in for a car one game and, and lit it up. And then people started thinking like, whoa, Mariota, watch out. So last year, people thought, man, Mariota's definitely going to leave and hit the market. He doesn't leave. He stays one more year with the Raiders. This year, he decides to leave and hit the market. He meets back up with Arthur Smith, his former um, coach down in Tennessee in Atlanta. And a lot of people have been raving about how good he's looked in the preseason. I'm, I have a strong feeling that Marcus Mariota is going to make a huge impact this year. They may not make the playoffs, but I think Mariota's really his stock is going to go up big time this season because people are going to see uh, what a lot of people saw when he was drafted number two overall back in 2015. So Marcus Mariota is my number two guy. Number one, Hunter Renfro. Got 100 as like, and people say, well, how do you get better with 103 catches last year? Renfro is just going to be special. I, and I think when you go back and look at it and you see, um, you know, Josh McDaniels comes in as that coach. And what, what Josh McDaniels used to utilize when he was New England was that slot receiver. And that's what Renfro is going to be. That slot receiver, the Welk the um west welkers the julian edelman's renfro has already proven that he's one of the best slot receivers in the league you bring in a guy like mcdaniels that knows how to use that slot on receiver man watch out for hunter renfro this year i mean definitely i'm calling it now and people can beat me up for it he was my sleeper in the draft a couple years ago i think the guy makes all pro that's just me next one in our uh finale this week we're gonna hit you with the top five MVP candidates heading to week one. Number five, Thomas Brady. That's that's easy. That's Thomas Brady is just going to be in the mix. So we're going to give Tom Brady some love. Number four, Joe Burrow. That's my man Joe D's pick to be the MVP this year. Would not surprise me one bit. Joe Burrow has the dog in him. So if Burrow goes out there and 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 does his thing, would not be surprised if Joe Burrow is 
the MVP this year. The guy is ultra talented, not super talented, ultra talented. Better yet, ultra super talented. And this Bengals team is going to be good for years to come. Number three, the back-to-back MVP. Some people say, oh, Darrell is disrespectful. You just try not to make, you know, make it look good for your guys. Look, Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers. So I'm, I had to put him on the list. You don't disrespect the, the two-time uh, MVP and not put him on this top five list. Uh, I think that if he can turn those that group of receivers into something great, there's a strong chance he wins his back-to-back-to-back MVP. It's a strong chance. But for now, we're going to put him at three, put him in the middle of the pack, see if he can uh, figure that thing out in Green Bay and, and get those receivers going and, and keep that interception um, total under 100. True, true statement here. Aaron Rodgers, 449 touchdowns, 93 picks. That's remarkable. 17-year career, 14 strong years active. Um, you know, playing, you know, majority of games. It's just crazy stuff. So Aaron Rodgers at three. Number two, the man, the workhorse, the machine. You call him whatever you want. I call him the best running back in football, and that's Derrick Henry. I wanted to put Derrick Henry at number one, but not just yet, my friend. Derrick Henry, last year, for those who don't know or don't remember, Derrick Henry at one point was the number one rusher in the league, and even after he got hurt, he kept the the lead uh, lead in rushing for another four weeks. <laughs> he had like a three hundred yard lead over everybody else uh, before uh, Jonathan Taylor would eventually take that spot from him. Henry's gonna come in hungry. I've seen the videos. He looks ready to go. Watch out for Derrick Henry, man. May have our first running back win the MVP for the first time in a long time. Last but not least, the one that everybody, the the media darling, my guy. I've been preaching the Josh Allen story since he came in the league. I still think Cleveland should have picked him. I bet you they regretting that bad boy now. <laughs> I bet you they been uh, regretting that bad boy now. So for me, Josh Allen is number one on that list. So there, for me, uh, is your top five. Brady, Burrow, Rodgers, Henry, Allen, uh, as we head into that first week of the NFL season. Now, with uh, the finale, uh, another thing that we're going to add, a little bit different is, you know, we're going to give you a prediction for tonight's score or tonight's game and the score. Uh, So tonight I got the Buffalo Bills winning 34-28 to over the Super Bowl champions. I just think this Buffalo team is going to be on a mission last year. They got a nasty taste in their mouth after what happened to them in that matchup against um excuse me against uh the chiefs and it, it's a bad taste in their mouth they were that close to going to the uh, AFC championship game and maybe the buffalo bills go to the super bowl and this may have been the matchup last year but you know shoulda woulda coulda whole nine yards but i think buffalo goes into la make a statement and win 34 to 28 that is my thursday night football prediction and as for the rest of the winners this is my winners i I didn't give you all of but these are the teams i see winning in week one a couple of surprises on here buffalo obviously we got the jets i think the jets are going to go in there and and the jets are going to go in there and just sneak the baltimore ravens in week one because you know that we all we hear is you know all this and you hear that contract stuff and that's all that's all we've been hearing Contract, contract, contract. What's going on here? What's this? What's that? Uh, with uh, Lamar Jackson, I think the Jets go in and they sneak them. Uh, we got the Saints taking on the Falcons. I got the Saints winning that contest. And, you know, looking uh, uh, at a chance to get the season start off on the right foot. And that's why I got the Saints in their, in, in their contest over the Falcons. But don't like I said, don't be surprised, man. This Falcons team is not going to be just, you know, oh man, we good and not worried. Though the Falcons are still going to be in the mix, they're still going to be a tough, tough team uh, to deal with throughout. And then you got the Chiefs taking on the Cardinals. I got the Chiefs winning that matchup. The the Cardinals, I'm still kind of worried about where they are, you know, how stable are they going to be. So I got uh, Chiefs winning that one. I got the 49ers over the Bears. 
I got the Lions over the Eagles. I'll probably get beat up for that. I got the Panthers beating the Browns. The Bucks will beat the Cowboys. We've got the Jaguars getting the dub in Washington to start off the Doug Peterson era of the right foot. The Broncos beating the Seahawks on uh, Monday Night Football. Then we got the Raiders beating the Chargers in L.A. That's going to be a really good matchup. Their matches have been really good the last couple of years. If you go back and look, they've been barn burners. I, I expect the same thing in, the, in this first week. Then we got the Dolphins uh, beating New England. They've had New England's number. The Bengals will beat Pittsburgh. Uh, they're going to be ready. They're going to be rocking and rolling out there in Cincinnati. Uh, the Colts will beat Houston. The Packers will beat the Vikings. And that's just, and I'm just going to be as honest with you as possible. I hate the Minnesota Vikings. That, that just as a fan perspective. But uh, I, I do see uh, Green Bay going in there and sneaking uh, this one. They still got a bad taste uh, from that game in Minnesota last year. And last but not least, the Tennessee Titans take on the New York Giants, and I got them winning that one. All right, everybody, that is it. And, you know, uh, that is our week one um, uh, power ranking show. Just trying to get you get you going, get the juices flowing. We're excited, y'all. This is We're back uh, for another year of the power rankings and glad to be able to bring you uh, you know, this uh, first one and get this one out the way. And from this point on, we're going to kind of just dig in as we go along to see how things go. But thank you all once again for tuning in. Make sure you check out all our shows here on the Legacy Makeup Sports Network, uh, Inner Out Sports Debate with Drew Willingham, uh, Commonwealth Sports Talk with Joe Dillard, Lamont Thomas and the crew, Monster Minutes with Becca Quimby. Uh, you got the Three Putt Golf Show with my man Victor Herrera. Myself and Jay Quimmy on the Legacy Maker Sports podcast. Rob Johnson and Ram Talk. That's coming back soon. Be on the lookout for that. Uh, and then, of course, you know, Legacy on Fire, which we had last night. Had a great time on Legacy on Fire. Go back and check it out. My son decided to make a weird appearance at one point, but it, it still happened. So, <laughs> all right, everybody. That is it for this week's episode of One on One, the Power Rankings Week 1 We'll be back next Thursday to bring you week two, uh, kind of get a feel for where teams are. Finally get a chance to see where teams are as we give you our power rankings for week two. I'm your man, Darrell Lawrence. Thank you all once again for tuning in. Until next time. Legacy Maker, the All Sports one, Network. One, 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 one. one. One, 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 one. Welcome to the one on one, one on one. When it comes to ratings, man, we number one. I get the truth, then I give them the scoop. If anybody got a question, I give them the.